Welcome back to Cood Street. This is Gary Walk. We're doing another one of the uh, short uh, 10 plus minute podcasts that we will be doing apparently until the world ends now. And tonight I am delighted to be able to uh, talk with uh, uh, Hugo nominated and, uh, and, and, and fairly newly minted novelist uh, Kellen Spera, who's I, I do want to congratulate you on your novel and give you sympathies because if I recall, your novel came out right about <laughs> the beginning of the whole lockdown. Yes, so many people have said to me um, that my book launch event was the last public <laughs> event that they went to. We were all the last people who hugged each other. And so, yeah, I really made it right under the wire for the event, but everything else was canceled. It's It's been disappointing on that aspect, but... Also was glad that I got to have one last hurrah. Right. And, and you, you did get un, under the wire, uh, unlike some people who whose entire launch was done Digital. virtually, I guess. Right? Yeah. I, my sympathies to everyone in my 2020 class, especially the debuts. But docile uh, has gotten a lot of attention. Do you pronounce it docile or docile? Um, you know, every time someone asks me, I have to say it out loud. I think I say docile. And uh, but it is a word and people are welcome to pronounce it however they'd like. <laughs> yeah. OK, that sounds reasonable. Uh, but uh, you've been getting a, a, a bit of controversy, I gather, too. Um, I, I do not read uh, reviews. Um, yeah. I at all or Google myself. Um, I've had uh, some nice uh, event conversations with authors um, where uh, we've discussed uh, lots of different issues for my book. I know, um, I know that I don't write material that is um, easy comfort reads, which yeah. is ironic because I'm going to recommend some easy comfort reads later in our discussion. Okay, well, uh, um, but like, yeah, like the pronunciation I, of docile. If comfort reads vary from person to person, <laughs> it's not a comfort read. Okay. Yes. Okay. This you. Get that out of the way. Your novel is not a comfort read. It is not. It's not. It's not a warm fuzzy. It's designed to make people think, and sometimes you know people have a variety of reactions to that. And I, um, I support readers uh, having you know every every reader re- reaction is valid. So, well, let's talk about what you're reading during the lockdown because uh, I, I've been talking to people about this, and it amazes me the variety of things that people read. A lot of uh, people who are well-known science fiction readers don't read any science fiction at all uh, these days, and others like to read their friends. What do you like to read during this period? So uh, I usually listen to audiobooks, and I'm not commuting to the office anymore, but when mm-hmm. I was, I was walking and listening. And I started this trilogy in March, and I'm just now finishing it because my reading time got interrupted um, by not listening to audiobooks because I wasn't right. walking. But I'm currently uh, finishing up the Truly Devious trilogy by Maureen Johnson. It is a YA murder mystery, and it is so delightful. Um, I got sucked into murder mysteries a little bit as mm-hmm. uh, comfort reads. That's sort of, um, I loved uh, Knives Out when I went to see it, and it pulled, uh-huh. it pulled me in. Um, Truly Devious is a dual timeline novel where there has been a uh, murder in the past with a mysterious ransom note uh, set at a boarding school for high schoolers in the mountains, which was uh, set up by an eclectic uh, millionaire. And 
So there's a timeline in the past that goes over uh, that murder. But in the present timeline, there is a young girl named Stevie who is very much into detective fiction and true crime and solving mysteries. And she aims to solve this mystery from the past, but a, another death occurs in the present. Oh. So two deaths on the table, two timelines. Morin Johnson is wildly good at suspense. And the, t- yeah. the title is truly devious. Yes. So this is how the ransom note. I thought, note I thought, I thought you were done. describing the book. <laughs> <laughs> it's an incredible title. It is. It is. It's really great. The ransom note is signed truly devious. Uh-huh. Um, so it's sort of that double entendre in that um, it is truly devious, but it is also truly, as in sincerely. Right. Devious. Okay. Uh, it's a. The other two books are The Vanishing Stair, and the third one, which I am listening to right now, is called The Hand on the Wall. So okay. that is what I'm currently reading. Um, I certainly have other books that I have um, that I've read through. I don't know how much I uh, how much room I have to divulge all my faves to you, but what it's are you? Entirely up to you. <laughs> um, I also. Um, I, you know, I was on a real YA um, murder mystery kick. This is my comfort read uh, uh-huh. zone. Okay. I was reading uh, In the Hall with the Knife by Diana Peterfreund, uh, who is another uh, YA author and friend. And it is a licensed clue book. Oh, really? I, yeah. I, I thought from the title it must be a related to clue in some way. It is, and I think that they are um, high schoolers. Uh, this was one of the first books I finished, so um, my memory is less good here. It is um, another sort of like boarding high school, uh, locked room, murder mystery, uh-huh. uh, with all the conventional characters, but they all have sort of um, YA twists to them. And for me, YA uh, murder mystery, and also I like YA horror a lot, they're usually, they're definitely... The horror is definitely horrifying, and the mysteries are definitely suspenseful, but uh-huh. they're often less uh, gory and gross, and I don't like gore. <laughs> I guess I can understand. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm familiar with much YA horror. I mean, I read some uh, of the uh, what's uh, the the super best-selling guy with the series of uh, of, of kids' books. The what am I thinking of? Now? Oh, I do not I know. It's not a, these aren't genres that I'm super well versed in, but they yeah. are genres that I've picked up like in February through now. Um, YA horror recommendation would be Rules for Vanishing by Kate Alice Marshall. And um, this is another one where it's about a girl who goes after her missing sister um, who decided to follow a road that only appears at a certain time based on urban legends and there are rules to, for walking down this road. And uh, she goes with some friends to look for her sister. And uh-huh. I'm most, I'm most intrigued by books that do cool things with point of view and timeline and, um, and, you know, have mysteries in them. These are all sort of things that I aspire to do. And so huh. I think if I read enough books like them, then I'll just absorb the superpowers to write them. That's that's probably true. That's how you learn how to <laughs> write it anyway. Were you a Clue player? I did play Clue uh, when I was younger. Not voraciously. I am mostly into Clue through the movie. 
Well, I was going to ask you about the movie next, because the movie, even though it was a kind of a classic murder mystery, strikes me as having the appeal of a YA. It's, it's very, very clearly drawn characters, you know, very clearly laid out puzzles. Um, it's the sort of thing. I mean, when I was a teenager, I was reading Sherlock Holmes, which today might as well be YA. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, Clue, the movie, is just such a wonderful uh, camp. And, um, you know, it's, it has that moment where um, you get to the end and, you know, sort of going back to retrace that whodunit um, mm. I, that, I just, that I just love about uh, murder mysteries that sort of explain to you moving the pieces around like plots I feel like are always very tricky like I can write character I have confidence in my ability to write characters uh-huh. very well in depth I I can do their relationships I can give them feelings um I you know themes and all that crunchy stuff but um those things are all there in you know properties like Clue and mm-hmm books like Maureen Johnson's and like YA horror and such, but also the ability to sort of like move these plot chess pieces around is just so impressive to me. Okay. Um, is there anything else you would recommend to people to de-stress in a stressful time? Yeah. I'm going to give one last recommendation. Uh-huh. It is a current read for me. I've been listening to it um, very uh, casually because it feels like a, kind of like a warm hug that you get every now and then. And that is uh, Here For It by R. Eric Thomas. This is not uh, fiction at all, actually. It is a nonfiction uh, book. Um, He is an incredible personality uh, and a queer Black author. And I got to meet him at an event right before my book came out, Uh um, actually. And... You know, we did the sort of, it would be great uh, to see each other and do some events. And then, of course, everything fell apart. But I did buy his book, and um, he has a sensational voice. It's very entertaining, a great thing you can put on audio. He he narrates it, so mm-hmm. I like to listen to it while I fold my laundry or whatever. And it just feels like he's in the room with you. Uh, it's a wonderful listen. Well, let's get to the last thing, which is docile, obviously, is what, since March. Uh, yeah. So what, what else have you got that you want to call attention to or that might be coming our way in the next year or so? It's funny because time feels so meaningless. And March I know it does, doesn't feels it? feels like last March at this point. So, yeah, so I have Docile out now. Um, and I have a short story that came out through Tor.com also uh, recently called We Are Here, We Are Here, which is about um, mass. It's about acceptable forms of masculinity, but Uh as told through a boy band. And so um, I love boy bands. Okay. Uh, That's available for free to read online on Twitter.com. And I also have uh, pre-orders available for my next book, which is coming out in April of 2021. Cross fingers where we can go to bookstores safely then. Uh, (laughs) That book is called First Become Ashes. And it is about um, a young man who was raised his whole life to believe that he has superhuman abilities and can do magic. Uh, 
and this was a cult, however. And oh, uh, yeah, I, I, I read about this on your website. <laughs> yeah, and it is broken up uh, right in the beginning of the book. He's told all of it was a lie, but he decides to go on uh, the quest that he was sworn to undertake anyway, because he believes it's real. So I love to talk about things like uh, what's real to people and themes of consent and uh-huh. All that stuff is enmeshed in all my work. Um, so that's coming out. I would love if people would pre-order it. It has a beautiful cover. Oh, the cover's out already. Great. Oh, yeah. Jamie Stafford Hall is the artist who's done both my covers so far, and his work is gorgeous. Well, we will keep an eye out for that, and we're, we're past our 10 minutes, as I always do. It's my fault more than yours. But, uh, again, this has been the Coon Street Podcast. I, it's Gary Wolf. I've been spending... Uh, 10 minutes with KM Spera. And thank you so much for being with us, Kellen. Thanks for having me.